Well, good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but may have some questions. In short, you know, the program's designed for, well, for me. There's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily anything soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological chapter-and-verse discussion, sometimes a casual front-porch-style talk of the pastor is the best way to understand it. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City. Now, I have my questions. I'm sure you have yours. And you can send your questions by email at any time to... Let's talk at kfuo.org. Or during the program, you can call us. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's area code 318-821-0850. That includes Metro East. Or anywhere else in North America, toll free. Such a deal. 730-2727. Pastor Lawrence, welcome back to the front porch. Yes, it's good to be back. And just uh, to clarify to the audience, Pastor Lawrence happens to be my pastor. I'm a, I'm a member of St. James. Yeah. And... Uh, we have some interesting times there. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And, yeah, we have some, these wonderful, wonderful picnics with, with that terrific, uh, those ribs from, yes. from, from Sharpshooter's from Armory. Sh- yes, yes, <laughs> There's yes. a story about that one. We'll get into that one a little bit later. Yeah, we know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pastor, what's been on my mind here is I think we Lutherans have got a bad rap. Yeah. Sometimes they regard us as humorless, dour, down, we don't laugh. Where do they get these crazy ideas? <laughs> you know. I, was at, I was at a meeting, I was at, of all things, at a Weight Watchers meeting we had here once, and uh, walked into the, uh, the, the the room where the lady was uh, going to be conducting it, and she's got some music on, and she's doing an aerobic type thing, and, and uh, one of the people walked in and goes, well, how about that? We're dancing at the uh, church headquarters, and the woman was absolutely horrified. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> hey, it's okay. You know, we're Lutherans. We're not Baptists. We dance, we sing, we drink, we have fun. We, yes, yes. In fact, the church I did my vicarage at, um, they had uh, a group that would meet uh, once a month to do line dancing. Really? Yeah. And uh, I would be in my office, and uh, a lot of them would be in the fellowship hall, not too far from my office. And they'd line dance for a couple of hours before they go home. Um, and this was done in the fellowship hall. So, yeah, this uh, you're right. I think we get a bad rap on, on um, being too serious and, uh, um, you know, we don't have fun. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know, I think part of it is, you know, our services are very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very structured. Very structured, very yeah. dignified, very yes. almost, reverent. Rev, yeah, yes. very reverent, very um, liturgical, you know. And I think one of the reasons why we get a bad rap is because, you know, the term that is often used to describe us is that we are conservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and a better word for Lutherans like us is confessional rather than conservative. Because when you use the word conservative, people think more in terms of legalism, making up rules, you know, where there aren't any, yeah. you know, rather than, you know, just sticking with, uh, with same say, saying what the scripture says to us, you know. Um, 
I used to get into it with my youngest brother all the time because he is uh, Pentecostal. Oh. And, uh, you know, I mean, he would, uh, no alcohol at all. Drinking any kind of alcohol was just bad. And, uh, you know, I said, but look at what Jesus did when he went to the wedding at Cana. <laughs> he changed water to wine, not yeah, wine to water. Exactly, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, when they tasted it, they said, you know, um, most you know, most people, you know, keep the, serve the best wine first. And then when people are maybe a little tipsy and not paying any attention, you serve the, 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 the you know, the, the inferior wine. But he said, but you have kept the best wine until now. <laughs> and, you know, so, um, you know, so I think, you know, when people hear the term conservative, you know, conservative, they think in terms of rules, you know, they don't, I mean, you, you know, one of the, one of the older catechisms that I, that, um, that I like is um, when it when it asks the question, "What is Christianity?" And the answer was the life and salvation God has given in and through Jesus Christ, not um, rules. Mm -hmm. You know what is Christianity? Well, don't do this, don't do that, and you know um, it wasn't about rules. It was about Christ and what what He has done. You know our relationship with God is based on the grace we have in Christ Jesus. So you're right, I think we get a bad rap um, because of that term conservative. And you know, we and we differentiate between law and gospel. Right, right. But yeah. people hear legalism a lot. And uh, you know, um, there's a branch of Christianity that is very legalistic. Oh yeah. Um, where, you know, in fact, um, I remember when I was in New York and, uh, I think it was my wife's, um, uh, uncle came by with his wife and, uh, you know, she wanted to just go across the street and, uh, get some wine, some beer or something like that. And she was worried that it would offend me because I'm a pastor. And I go, wait a second, you can go get your beer, you know? <laughs> So you're right. I can, With his wife, brewed uh, beer. Yeah, so, you know, you're right. You know, people, you know, think of conservatives as legalistic and mm -hmm. uh, that we like to make up rules where there aren't any rules, you know. Um, so, you know, having fun for us is, uh, I think it would surprise some people that we oh, yeah. do. You know? Well, I, I think part of it, part of why we do have the fun is we recognize the, the idea of the first article gifts. Yes. And God wants us to enjoy them. Yes. And this includes things like food and drink and dance. Right, right. Yeah. When yeah, when yeah, when Luther described that the first article of the creed, yes, he talks about God giving us all these things. Um and yeah, he gives them to us for our enjoyment. Mm -hmm. You know, our spouse, why does he give us a wife? Yeah. For enjoyment, you know? So um yeah, to to um, to to read legalism into Missouri Synod is is such a <laughs> such a big mistake. Well, let's let's unpack this a little bit. What do we mean when we say we're confessional? When we say we are confessional, um, we uh, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and we say back what God has said what God has said to us through His Word. So confessional has to do with same say saying back to God what he says to us. And that is one of the reasons why our um, liturgy is so biblical. 
because um, we are basically in our liturgy and in our worship style speaking back to God what mm-hmm. God has said to us. Um, so that's what it means to be confessional. But then it also means you can't go outside of that and make up rules. Correct. You know, if you start going outside of what God says and start adding to the Word of God or subtracting from the Word of God, now we have a problem. And Lutherans would have a problem with you if you did that. Um, so that is why we would be against any kind of legalism. And, and we can look at look to the Bible again for guidance. For example, uh, David was was a big proponent of music and dance. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear of David dancing naked, things like that. You <laughs> well, know, you go, wow. That might be a little bit far. But yeah, you know. <laughs> I didn't get you talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, I look at Luther, for example, who was a very accomplished musician. Oh, the man played a lute, which is a very difficult instrument. Yeah. Wrote music, uh, of course, hymns, but he did a lot of other things as well. Yeah. Uh, he really knew what he was doing with that. He knew how to celebrate. Uh, I remember uh, reading somewhere, maybe it's apocryphal, I doubt it from what I know about Luther, is that one time a uh, one of his followers criticized him for seeing him in an alehouse. Wow. And he replied, it is better to... Th- it is better to be in an alehouse and think of church than to be in church and think of the alehouse. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, what's the other one he used to say? He who loves neither wine nor women nor song lives a fool his whole life long. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, my wife always tells me this one. Um, there was this priest, she said, that um, went to died and went to heaven. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he decided, you know, I'm going to go in the archive and look up this thing about being celibate because he had lived a celibate life all his earthly life. Mm-hmm. And uh, after he looked it up, he screamed because he says, the word is celebrate, not celebrate. <laughs> and go, I wasted my earthly life being celibate when it's about celebrate, not celebrate, you know. <laughs> So yeah, I think you know, you know, that's what legalism does. It will change words mm-hmm. from celebrate to celebrate, you know, and uh um that's not the point of Christianity to be a boring um group that doesn't know how to how to have fun. In fact, um, the guys I meet with sometime on Tuesday morning uh, yeah, you have the most fun with those guys. Um, they will say the strangest things, you know. <laughs> they know how to just have fun sometimes, even while they're studying the Word of God or when they go out to lunch. Well, I know some of those guys, and you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them are yeah, quite a riot. Yeah. Uh, yeah you get a bunch of uh, Lutheran pastors together, and it's... Uh... <laughs> and, yeah, in fact, you know, we uh, when we go to the Ozark, if we have a conference at the Ozark... Mm-hmm. Um, one of them um, is able to, I think he has a member that owns a house down there with a lot of rooms. And so he's able to um, have us all rent that house so that when we get together after the conference, it's uh, drinking and talking and, you know, some of them even smoke cigars. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they know how yeah. to relax. And Well, I won't be... 
I won't be exposing any secret when I happen to know that the president of our Senate does occasionally enjoy a cigar and perhaps <laughs> a little bit of bourbon. <laughs> oh, those guys at the Ozark, and they, they come prepared, you know. They come prepared <laughs> for the conference, but they also come prepared to have fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's part of it. You know, there's ways to have fun. Uh, and I think a lot of the things that we do that have fun actually can show that we are rejoicing in God's gift. Yes. You know, um, you don't, uh, you know, I remember this uh, this um, pop song that um, was, uh, was high in the market when I was still working in Manhattan. And uh, there was this refrain where it says, we don't have to take our clothes off to have fun. <laughs> and, you know, um, and I think, you know, that's what Lutherans understand, that you don't have to sin to have fun. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, we don't have to sin. We can have fun without sinning, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I think there are some people who think, who equate fun with sin. Yeah. You know, they equate those two, you know. You're not having fun if you're not sinning. And that no 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 you you can't you can have fun without sinning. <laughs> yeah, there's there's truth to that. I mean, there's the. I remember there was a, a saying about the Puritans uh, that they objected to bear baiting not so much because it caused the bear pain, but because that there was it caused the audience pleasure. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. yeah. See, and and that's the thing. I you know when you look at the some of the early Christians that came here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially the ones that were very Calvinistic in their thinking, um, they were very strict. Oh, yeah. They were extremely strict. And uh, um, it, it becomes a view of Christianity that um, that uh, we are unable to shake. Well, I think, you know, I think perhaps uh, the Synod in the years past was perhaps a little bit too autocratic and a little too... To stayed, yeah. you know. There's a a story that that is told in my family. I I, I mentioned to you that uh, my uh, great great grandfather was Frederick Winnikin. Ah, and there is a, a story that his um, his son Henry, uh, his was his bride was it was an arranged marriage. His bride was coming from a congregation in Germany. Oh. And they were bringing her to uh, to the U.S. That was my that was my uh, great great grandmother Grossi, as we called her, <laughs> Conradine. And uh, the thing was, just she she had never seen Henry or Friedrich or any of the others. And so there's a big thing where the train arrives and she's going to get off. And she was so excited yeah. about this thing. She's going to meet her betrothed and all these wonderful people. And she had made this wonderful dress for herself. Uh. It was red. <laughs> and it was like that scene in Gone with the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> where Rhett Butler made, yeah. <laughs> made Scarlett show up at Olivia de Havilland's soiree wearing a red dress. <laughs> and she stepped off the train all dressed in red. And there was this stunned, shocked silence. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Respectable women don't wear red. Red, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, the German Lutherans in America were perhaps a little bit more strict than the German Lutherans back in Germany at that yeah, time. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and it goes with the time. Back in those days, people were a lot more conservative, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
But, uh, you know, as time went on, you know, I think we start to realize that there's, we got to make that distinction. You know, we've got to make that distinction. Otherwise, we allow um, people to take away our Christian liberty. You know, as Christians, we have certain liberty. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we allow the rule makers to take away our Christian liberty, then they're putting us back in a kind of slavery where they're making us um, slaves to the law. You know, where have, been, where, where have we been set free from slavery? And, we, you know, God has given us liberty, and we should uh, live in that um, liberty. And part of that liberty is is just plain enjoyment. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, for example, I, I happen to know you and I both enjoy shooting sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, people, there are some people who might look askance at that, but what are we doing? We, we're, we are learning a skill. We are competing. We are, are trying to become better as we, the best we can with this. We learn how to use the tools and right, along right. that line. And uh, I, every time I go to a range, I, I, I always give a prayer of Thanksgiving before I start, before before start, I start shooting. Firing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been down at Sharpshooter about two or three times and yeah. uh, really enjoy, enjoy it myself. Um, yeah, am I doing, am I sinning by doing this? There are some who would say that, you know, that, uh, oh, you should not have this kind of, um, tool, this weapon. Um, you should not be firing a gun or anything like that. Mm. Um, again, see, those are where, those are the areas where people make up rules that, um, you know, you go, well, where is that? You know, where, where do you find that? Um, I'm not killing anyone, you know, I'm not, that's not my purpose. Uh, my purpose is not to kill, uh, maybe defense if necessary, mm-hmm. but not to kill, you know, so. Um, and it's fun. And it is fun, you know, the sport of it, you know, the competition yeah. of it is fun. Uh, but to, again, I think, you know, there are those who make up rules and try to take away our yeah. our Christian liberty. And, and unfortunately, sometimes when you are in their midst, um, you refrain from doing certain things because you don't want to offend. You know, if I go out to dinner a couple of times, I went out with my youngest brother and his wife, you know, my wife and he and his wife, and because you know that they don't drink, mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to order something with alcohol in it. Okay, you don't want to offend them. Um, but am I at liberty to do that? Sure, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I think sometimes we, we let the rule makers have too much say. Well, I can see that, but I think, you know, also as <clears throat> also as Lutherans, we, we owe a certain, what should I say, courtesy sometimes. I mean, my, my late wife's... Uh, uh, the uh, her her sister and all that entire branch of the family had all been alcoholics and were they were sober they were members of, of AA they did okay. not drink now I am fond of of a beer or four or four okay. uh, but when I visited them I didn't drink right, was, right they didn't force me not to I was doing right. it out of courtesy to them and you know why put temptation in their path in their path and you know my mother was a recovered alcoholic. I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, I remember when I became the pastor of um, Redeemer in in New York, 
and she was a member there, I was, you know, concerned because we use wine um, in communion. Yeah. And uh, I remember asking her, you know, would that does that little bit of wine bother you? And she said, that little sip? No. <laughs> you know? Um, so even there, I think sometimes, you know, with uh, AA groups and Alcoholics Anonymous, they try to make it a rule that um, if you're a, a recovered alcoholic, you cannot touch any alcohol at all, ever. Well, my mother did not go back to drinking, but she never stopped communing. And, and not only that, I mean, we we do believe the Bible, and right. and Jesus was very explicit. He yeah. said, "Wine." Right. I remember I was at a, a Lutheran church once out in California, and they started serving communion. And the woman behind me, I, apparently she was a visitor. I'm not even sure she was a Lutheran. Mm. Said, "What? Well, don't we have any grape juice?" And I remember turning to her, saying. We're Lutherans. We have to have to. We, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we make we make uh, accommodation for for people who do have a problem with that. I mean, I've, I know you and I have spoken about this before. Uh, if you are a a member of a congregation and you do have a problem with alcohol, you know, the Bible doesn't say how much wine. For example, it could just be a drop in a cup. Right. Or it, what we call the intinction. You just dip the the corner of the host in the wine. You don't mm-hmm. have to get it all wet. Just just wet um, the edge of the host in the wine and take it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they, my mother would just take a sip, and she said it didn't bother her at all. And she never went back to drinking. Um, of course, because she saw communion as receiving the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. Um, she wasn't going to church to drink um, she went to church to have communion, the body and blood of Christ. So it didn't bother her at all. Um, so I think sometimes, you know, we let the 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 legalist, um, you know, get in and have way more say than they should. Mm-hmm. You hear that out there, guys? We're Lutherans. <laughs> we sing. We dance. We drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we do. I remember... Uh, some of my favorite memories were uh, or when I was a young man uh, uh, with a Walther League. Uh, oh, man, some of the things that we used to do, everything from plays to uh, we would go ice skate. I, that was one thing I remember. I was a terrible ice skater. <laughs> but we would arrange, you know, ice skating parties, you know, here in the winter. Uh, we would uh, do things like progressive dinners where we'd go from house to house to house. Uh, of course, there was caroling in the winter. We arranged uh, hay rides. That was another biggie. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, boy, there's something about going on on a hay ride. Then there's a big bonfire and it gets spiced apple cider. Yeah. And warming up. Uh, and these are celebrating the first article gifts. Yes. And yes. by no means is this sinful. I mean, we can sit around, yeah. we sing, we, we just yeah. enjoyed each other's company. Right. Our true fellowship. Yes. 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 And this is part of the idea of fun and entertainment is fellowship. We celebrate right. these wonderful gifts right. with, with our fellows, with our people. Right. We have fellowship with God and we have fellowship with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's both vertical and horizontal, yeah. And that's very important uh, to to realize. And uh, I know we Lutherans uh, are, are quite adamant on the concept of the two kingdoms, which yeah. is not to say that they don't interplay. They do. Uh, in fact, I, I heard one pastor say there's really only one kingdom, but there are two realms. Ah, wow. <laughs> which I think is a very good description of it. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, we, we do. We, uh, it, there's so much overlap between them. There are so many things that that God has given us, and for us not to appreciate or to enjoy the gifts that God has given us, I think, is actually to insult God. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, have you ever seen the movie Color Purple? Uh, you know, I have not. Oh, <laughs> I keep mean. It's on my one of these. It's on my bucket list. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, good. good, good. <laughs> right. But um, there's a part in it where the lady said um, she think it it's an insult to God. I'm paraphrasing. Mm. It's an insult to God if you just look and you see like the color purple, a flower with a purple color, mm-hmm. and and not enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she said, that must be an insult to God because he gave you that purple flower to enjoy. And for you to see it and not enjoy it is an insult. Oh, yeah. I thought, wow, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pastor, we got to take a short break here, but we're going to be talking some more about why Lutherans should have fun. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance on Worldwide KFUO. On the next MOA weekend, I'll be sharing thoughts about the centurion's words, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. So what does it mean to have a just say the word faith? I'll talk about it Saturday and Sunday morning at 745 a.m. on Moments of Assurance weekend here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. This is the day which the Lord has made. For the lonely and homebound, for the grieving and dying, and for all those who are afflicted in body, mind, and spirit, especially for... Join us for a live broadcast of Chapel at the LCMS International Center weekdays at 10 a.m. on KFUO. Many of us know that there is a group of Beatitudes in the Gospel according to St. Matthew. But did you realize there are also Beatitudes in the Gospel according to St. Luke? On the next Law and Gospel, where we will be looking at those readings, we will show the difference between the two sets of Beatitudes. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Detective Polehouse has bad news and good news about the fire at Wooten's house. The fire investigators think they know where the fire started. And rumors spread around Odyssey Middle School. Did you hear about Wooten's house? Burned down last night to the ground. What time? Uh, around 9? Buck Oliver was out last night around that time. Be sure to tune in for the next adventure in Odyssey. Saturday mornings at 8.30 on KFUO. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm Kip Allen. I guess pastor today is Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City. And we are talking about fun. 
you know, we Lutherans have got a, a bad rap and I think an undeserved one about how we really don't know how to have fun. Yes. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we uh, during the break, we were discussing uh, the difference between using God's first article gifts and abusing them. Right, right. And that's where our our religious teaching, I think, comes in to know where that dividing line is. There's a difference right. between being a gourmet and being a glutton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you also recall, um, you know, what was one of the criticism of Jesus um, by the, the scribes and Pharisees? That Jesus was a a glut and a wine bibber. Oh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So I mean, obviously Jesus knew how to have fun, yeah. to the point where they criticized him as being a, a glut and a, and a wine bibber. Um, but I, you know, I think they were exaggerating. Obviously, yeah. I think you know, obviously Jesus was going to use things but not abuse it, and they were accusing him of abusing. Um, God's gifts, um, and I think as Lutherans, we um, we know that we, you know, we have that liberty to use God's gifts. Um, but it's, but you're right, we don't abuse it either, because that then it becomes sinful. Yeah. Then it becomes uh, something that instead of um, making us happy, and as they say, you know, wine gladdens the heart. Instead of making us happy, then we become drunks, um, and that's not um, that's not what God wants no, for us not. to become, you know, drunks or addicted to alcohol or, or anything like that. So, yeah, we should never abuse um, anything, whether it is food or beverage. Well, I think one of our sins as an American society is that we do overeat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do. I use the word sin intentionally. Uh, being a sinner myself, I've got. I'm packing on way too much weight. In fact, I'm on a diet right now, and I don't know why. <laughs> which I hate, but it's got to be done. <laughs> but uh, you know, the the bodies are not ours, right? You know, they're, they're given to us by God. Or they're loaned to us. I guess is a better way. To yeah, put it. We're, we're simply the stewards of our own bodies. Yeah, and we should see it as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and so we should not do anything to to desecrate, you know, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's important to remember. In fact, I got uh, very uh, gently chastised on this one time. I, I mentioned something about. Uh, Oh, we can always let God into our heart. And one of the people here said, no, 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 no. He's already in your heart. Right, right. Yeah. 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 You know, this difference between we invite God as opposed to God invites himself. Right. You know, um, God always invites himself. You know, the, the danger with us, danger with sinful man is that he throws God out. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You know, I, I, my my brother, who regrettably is uh, is an atheist, um, and I have gotten in a number of arguments. I, let me rephrase that: quarrels yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and quibbles. And where he will say, "Well, I don't understand where you expect this omniscient God to be somehow pleased by your going to church and by singing and praising Him." He said, "No, Mike, you got it backwards." Right. We're not going there to please him. We're going there to receive his gifts to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's about yeah, it's about receiving more yeah. than more than giving. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah, and and they just don't get it sometimes. Right. I think you know, for them again, that's a year ago again with that word, you know, conservatism. You know, um, mm-hmm. they even see worship as uh, something legalistic. Mm. You know, um, in terms of seeing it as uh, as having a relationship with God. You know, having a relationship with God because of Christ Jesus. Um, if you have a relationship with someone, you don't cut communication. You're going to want to communicate. Right. You're going to want to hear from that person. You're going to want to talk to that person. And so if we have a relationship with God, of course we want to hear from him. We want to talk to him. Um, it's not legalism, you know. And I think sometimes it's, you're right, even our worship is misunderstood as legalistic you know you have to do this once you put have to mm-hmm. what have you done you have made it a law you know well we certainly follow a schedule i mean we we go to church we have our opening hymn we follow with the confession and absolution mm-hmm. we've got the old testament reading we've got the new testament re- the uh, epistle then we've got a gospel reading. And we follow a structure yeah it's structured but that's it, not the same as as no, I mean you know the stru- the, the structure um, is for a reason. The structure is what makes us confessional. Mm. The structure is what um, let us speak back to God what God says to us. You know, um, the Word of God is not only in the Old Testament, or only in the Epistle, or only in the Gospel. It's all three. So why would I take only from one or the other and not all three? Right. You know, it, it's all of them. Um, I remember when I was in college and, you know, um, um, by the way, I should, uh, my professor that passed away recently, Dr. Merlin Ream, was uh, one of my favorite professors at Bronxville. I think I learned Greek and Hebrew and a lot of Old Testament from him. Um, and he'll be buried, I think, tomorrow. Oh. But um, we had this young man back then that was that understood the difference between law and gospel, as the Old Testament is law, and the and the, the gospels that's gospel. And Doctor Rimu was a <laughs> professor of the Old Testament. His area of expertise was really Hebrew, and ex and um, Old Testament exegesis. He was quick to point out, no, 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 no. You've got both law and gospel in the Old Testament, law and gospel in the New Testament, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not one is law and the other gospel. It's law and gospel in both. Um, so, you know, and, and that's why we draw an all of the Word of God, because it's uh, it's one big love letter to us, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's a great description. Yeah, one big love letter to us. Um, and it's a relationship with God, you know? it's not uh, It's not legalism. But you're right, I think, you know, we got this, you know, once people start to talk in terms of uh, you have to, now, you know, they have, you know, gone into the area of of legalism and rules and who make up these rules um, and not realizing that uh, even our lectionary is designed to um, 
help us speak back to God what God has said to us. Even the church seasons, you know, enable us to, again, do that um, fully, you know, in a way that God's people are built up and edified, built up in their most holy faith. It's not legalism as uh, so many of them would like to um, call it. You know, and outside of church, you know, and that's why we like to have fellowship outside of church, sure. too, because, you know, of course, in church, when you have a sermon, it's it's a monologue, you know, the pastor alone is speaking. But when we step outside of the divine service, yes, we, you know, I love going to lunch or um, dinner with some of the members. In mm-hmm. fact, one of the things um, we started at St. James, um, our voters meeting. Um, we used to meet like, uh, I think it was the last Monday of every month or something like that. And the guys would get bored, they're sick and tired of coming to voters meeting. It was just one or two. And so I changed it. I said, why, why don't we just meet at a restaurant and have dinner and then look over the finance report. Now we've got everybody showing up for voters <laughs> meeting, you know. <laughs> And, you know, that's part of the enjoyment. And, again, where enjoyment can be worship and, and, and fun. My senior year of uh, college, uh, I, I shared an apartment with three other guys. And I remember one day we were sitting out on the porch imbibing a ripple wine. God help us. <laughs> Stuff is horrible. Speed kills, but ripple cripples. Uh, but we were watching the sunset. And uh, one of the guys was what we called at the time a Jesus freak. <laughs> And he was watching the sunset, and he said, Isn't this wonderful? God puts a show on for us every day for free, and it's never the same. <laughs> and, you know, at the time, I think, yeah, okay, John, yeah, sure. But, you know, in retrospect, he was right. He was right, yeah. Absolutely yeah. was right. Yeah, creation, yeah, first article stuff, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, you know, that was, that was fun. That was one of the happier memories i have you know the the fellowship of the four of us who are very very different people yeah and just watching the sunset go down over the lake and that's one of the beauties i like about driving across the country too Mm. and uh, my wife and i like to drive either to new york or florida and uh, the scenery in some places or when the sun is going down is just beautiful oh absolutely the mountains, the sunset, it can be beautiful. I remember out in California, we had, uh, I lived in two places in California. I lived in Palm Springs, and then I lived in a town called Ojai, which was up in Ventura County. And in Ojai, uh, there was what was called the Suspe Bluffs. It was a 6,000-foot rock bluff that was off in the distance. And at sunset, when the weather conditions were just right, the bluff would suddenly turn pink. Whoa. They called it the pink moment. Mm. It would last for maybe 10, 15 minutes or so, and then it would fade away. It was just spectacular. And then in Palm Springs, uh, Palm Springs is actually in a basin. Mm. And on the western side of Palm Springs is a uh, mountain range going up about seven, 8,000 feet. Mm. And I used to love to watch how the shadows would play on the mountains as the sun would would go down. I could actually watch the sun as it would disappear behind the mountain. Yes. That was funny. You just watch it a little tiny sliver of the sun go poof. Yes, yes. And, oh, I was so thankful for that. You know, and I got to say, on the whole, I California is not among my more treasured memories, even though I spent <laughs> thirty years out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of the place was unmistakable. Wow. Unmistakable. And there's some things about it I do miss, and that's one of the things I miss. Uh, marvelous sunsets. I mean, even even up in Ojai, when they, even if you didn't see the pink moment, uh, the sky, if it was clear, it would suddenly turn the color of, of sherbet. Wow. Orange and lemon sherbet as yeah. the sun would go down. And it was just, oh, I used to love that. Somebody wow. just sit out in the porch and yeah. drink a little beer and watch that. <laughs> but that's part of it. That's part of having fun. That's part of celebrating God's creation. And just just little things, you know, playing with your dog, playing with your cat, yeah, yeah, planting your garden. I mean, I'm, I'm believe it or not, I'm doing an indoor garden this t- this year. An indoor garden. I'm doing an indoor <laughs> garden. I've got grow lights and uh, I've got something. And I'm, I'm growing uh, two different tomato plants. And I'm growing a uh, red pepper plant right now. Wow. Uh, and uh, I've been doing it from seed. I've got the grow lights on them and everything, and yeah. that's that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I live a wild life. <laughs> <laughs> Even work can be fun. It can be. It can be. I love, I love sitting here by This is great. I yeah, love this. You know? yeah, yeah. Even work can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's funny how you look at it. Uh, you know, one of the other pastors who's a regular on this program is uh, Bill Swirla, who's with, uh-huh. uh, I don't know if you met Bill. Uh, he's from a Holy Trinity uh, Lutheran Church out in Hacienda Heights, California. Mm. Bill is a baker. He mm. is a bread baker, and he posts his stuff on Facebook a lot. <laughs> you know, when he he comes up with a new type bread or a yeah. new type loaf, you know, a little sometimes with designs on it. And, yeah, and that's such a simple pleasure, but such a wonderful pleasure. Wow, wow! I think I have him as a friend on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. I don't even get to Facebook that often anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I probably on it more than I should. I get yelled at a lot, but <laughs> but I got a thick skin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Oh, that was so much fun. I mean, just uh, I really enjoy watching watching Bill baking bread. You know, showing off his thing. You know, I've done the same thing when I make whenever I new, make a new batch of beer. I always take, do. You know how to make beer? Oh yeah, I've been making beer since the eighties. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I. Oh, yeah. No, I've been. I've been a beer brewer since the '80s. Wow. And uh, you know, whenever I come up with a new batch, I always pour one in the glass and take a picture of it and post it on the on my Facebook page. I did see that. I did see a picture of uh, something that you posted. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I run into a particularly good one, I had a I had a marvelous stout the other day uh, out at uh, Craft Beer Cellar. Did you make that one too? No, this one I didn't make, but this was an exceptionally good beer, and so I took a picture of it and posted it as well. Uh, so I, I've got a number of friends on my Facebook page who do appreciate good beers. Okay, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we look at those things, but uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta I gotta make another batch. The last batch I made was a red ale. Okay. I've been toying with the idea of doing a barley wine. Wow. Oh. Those things are good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to one of the Schlafly's? Oh, yeah. I mean, I made many play, uh, pale ales. Oh, yeah. I made pale ale. I made stouts. I made IPAs. Yeah. But even the restaurants. There's one, um, what they call the tap room, which is oh, yeah. Yeah. down yeah. off Schlafly Jefferson. Tap, and then you there. have the, the bottle works, which I think is mm-hmm. in. And they've also got a wonderful garden. 
Yes, yes, they do. Uh-huh. They do. Wow. Yeah, some of the um, some of the more avid brewers uh, actually grow their own hops. Wow. Yeah, it's it's not really Missouri is not a good place for hops. The climate's not good. But uh, I know I know some brewers back in the West Coast who do that, who grow their own hops. Uh. So I mean, you, these guys take it way, <laughs> way more seriously. Seriously. Than I do, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's another thing. It was so much fun. I. I not, it's kind of funny because when I first started brewing, I, I really went the hard way. I mean, I, I ground the grain, the whole thing, and did it from from scratch. Now I'm mostly a kit brewer. I don't have the patience for the uh, for the other, and it's kind of sad because they're really good beers. So when you do it with, from scratch, from scratch, wow. And uh, I find myself falling behind with some of the. <laughs> some of the I read. I, you know, I read. I read the beer magazines, and I subscribe to a couple of beer sites on the on the web and things uh, like that. But that's fun, yeah. and, and and there's there's all sorts of fellowship that you can have that way. Uh, uh, and this is one good thing about the internet. Yeah, is that you can share these experiences with people literally all over the world. You know, I mentioned to you uh, about shooting sports. I've got a friend, a friend, quote-unquote, on Facebook from uh, from the Netherlands huh. who is also an avid shooter. Wow. So we talk about we talk about things like that a lot. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a good thing. You know, we really... It, it, like any tool, like a gun, like a baseball bat, like an axe, it can be used or misused. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, it can be used for a wonderful fellowship. Right, right. Can be used, right? Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. When correct. it is being used, then uh, I think it's uh, it's fun. It is. Yeah, it is. Another one. I uh, well, for example, uh, there's a site dedicated to the Winnikin family. Okay. Which I check out periodically, and uh, there's another. Site. I've got uh, what's called an American Dingo, which is a uh, it's a, a Carolina dog. It's it's an unusual breed, and there's a site dedicated just to that breed. And you can do it for shepherds, or you know, there's a whole whole series of things like that, which is a fellowship where you have a connection. Yeah, yeah, with people that share the same interests. Yeah, yeah. and that leads to all sorts of interesting conversations. You know, like especially this uh, the Winnikin one, uh-huh. because uh, you know that was so influential in uh, Lutheranism, not just in the states. But I mean, uh, Winnikins are everywhere from Russia to strong, uh, strong presence in Brazil, huh. uh, things like that. And that's the uh, fellow who runs it is in Germany right now, and uh, he, he he contacts Winnikin descendants, people. I guess he's like a fifth cousin of mine, something like that. Wow. I, I think I figured it out once. Like we were fifth cousins, uh, but he sent these out to everybody who's interested. You know who's. Uh, Yes, a part, be, yes. Uh, yeah, like a be, descendant, yeah. yeah. Wow. Or somehow very distant relatives, but we all have this common bound. And, of course, it invariably leads to some discussions on Lutheranism. Huh. See, I did not know they even had something like that. Oh, yeah. A Winnikin site. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the Facebook groups. And, and it's. Uh, yeah, they do have so many um, groups that you can um, follow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, I introduced. Uh, uh, you may know uh, Dan Harmlick, the uh, director of the uh, Concordia Historical Institute. 
Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, Dan was uh, just recently. I gave Dan um, the 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 link. The, this fellow who's doing the Winnikin uh, site has actually established a Winnikin family tree going back to the 1500s. Now he would be interested in something like that. Absolutely, historically, yeah. And I gave him the link to that. I gave Dan the link to that. Wow. But imagine that being able to trace your family back to the. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Winnicots were one of the original followers of Luther. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Did they? Did any of them come over on the that first wave of ships? Uh, n not on the first wave. Uh, Winnicott came over in uh, the 1830s. Okay. In the 1830s. That is after the Missouri Synod was established. No, that was before. Before, okay. before the uh, it was before the Missouri Synod was established. Okay. But although he did work with Carl Luther in establishing it back in uh, when was it, 1847? Yeah, yeah. My oh boy, I'm going to get yelled at if I get I, that. I know. Wrong. Yeah, I'm going to get yelled at too. How do you forget that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, he uh, he was a German speaker, and he, what he would do is he he literally was a uh, uh, a circuit preacher. He would go in what was at that time the old Pacific Northwest, not Pacific Northwest, pardon me, the old Northwest, you know, which was Illinois and Michigan and and Wisconsin back in the 1830s, 1840s, and he would literally ride his horse to German communities and German farms in that area. And do services. And do services, because those areas really did not have uh, did not have ministers. They had some lay preachers, and this, of course, led to a lot of problems. It was one of the reasons why the Senate was formed, was because so many of the independent congregations were starting to deviate, because they didn't have trained pastors. Uh, and yeah, that, was, that was what they, were, they used to call them, the circuit riders. Mm, mm. Very similar to it, very yeah. similar. Wow. Uh, but he would follow a particular route you know, to various German communities and German farmsteads and would be able to conduct the services and conduct a, you know, a communion, the whole thing. And, uh, but it, it was, it, this is one of the things that's been brought out in, the, uh, in this uh, Winnikin site. You know, a lot of his old papers have survived and have been written about and are, are posted. And it just makes it you know, particularly being a family member, it just, it's fascinating to me. <laughs> makes you wonder about the yeah. faith of the guy who could in back then who took a, uh, undertook a dangerous trip across the ocean yeah because he he had read a um he'd read a uh, notice it was written gosh i forgot who who the fellow who wrote it but it was a, a german immigrant in uh in the u.s who had written a uh, a letter that was published in uh, germany called the the state of lutheranism in north america and it, uh, it it listed the problem that the, you know the, 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 there was this, uh, a lot of German immigration in the country at that time, but it was scattered, and uh, while most of them actually were Lutheran because this happened with the uh, after the Prussian uh, Unification Act, mm -hmm. and so many of the Lutherans said, "Uh, -uh we're not going to join that church," and they they left, but they didn't have the pastors, yeah. and this is where I'm not going to say heresy. Mm -hmm. came in but this is where they started to deviate because they didn't have the leadership and the guidance and this is where so many of the pastors of the german pastors answered that call mm -hmm. and came over here to try to save that to try to help that oh yeah
And this is another thing. I love history, as yeah. you can tell. Yeah. And uh, so this is another thing where I'm enjoying, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that it was such a um, site. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, if, uh, I'll, I'll uh, put you on the group side if you'd like. Yeah, please, I'll be please pleased to do that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good to know. Yeah, be, so, be connected with. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can connect you with that. Yeah, that's a good thing. It, it, it's it's fascinating. I love history. I love searching things out. Uh, uh, last uh, last spring, for <laughs> for example, my family, the Allen side of my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to Southern Illinois after the Civil War. They were it's Southerners, but they were pro-Union, and so they were were not real popular with their neighbors after the war ended. Uh. <laughs> so, so they packed up and left. And uh, there is a cemetery near Mount Vernon called the Dryden Cemetery that is almost entirely uh, filled with my relatives. And this is in Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. And my wife and I went out there uh, last spring, and I've got all pictures of all the tombstones and all the, the things where my relatives are buried. And it was, uh, wow, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I Actually, I was there back in, I think it was 1960. We had a family reunion out there. That was when I first wow. found out about it. But, well, Pastor, we're running into the last 45 seconds of the program. Do you have any, any closing thoughts that you'd like to share? <laughs> closing thoughts. Well, I I don't feel too bad about um, following certain sites anymore, because uh, <laughs> you know sometimes I like to follow those um, workout sites, you know, uh, where people go in the gym and work out, and I go, I can't share this with anybody; they might think bad of me. So <laughs> now I can be open about that. <laughs> oh, I must say, I'm not a huge fan of working out. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I don't like things that hurt me. That hurt you. <laughs> well, Pastor Lawrence, I want to thank you so much, and I'll see you this Sunday at church. Yes. I promise yes. I'll be there this time. Oh, good. I'm <laughs> telling you the truth. So, so I want to tell our audience, you've been listening to Let's Talk the Pastors, and today's pastor was Wayne Lawrence of St. Lu- James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. Pastor sits in every Friday for a little front porch talk. Hope that you'll join us again next Friday. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.